Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The Big 12 is done with expansion, according to Commissioner Brett Yormark. We'll get into his comments on today's edition of the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. You are watching here on Crystal Ball College Football or wherever you all are getting your podcast. Big plea for all you all. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please do. We're on the way to 12,000. Uh, we're less than 200 away, and we need your all's help to get there. So the goal is 12,000 subscribers by the end of August, uh, the start of football season. We've got 14 days to do it. So we need your all's help. We are exploding during the realignment stuff. We really slowed down. Need your all's help to subscribe to the channel. You all can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's now called X at Josh Neighbors underscore. You also can find the show at NWPod365 on X as well. I think that takes care of all of the admin. Like the video, leave your comments. Brett Yormark was on the uh, Orand and Marshand, Marshand and Orand sports media podcast. Uh, obviously, it's New York Post's Andrew Marshand, who's been on this show before, and then also Sports Business Journal's uh, John Orand. Those two did a sh uh, the show every single time. Their 100th show guest was Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner. He did a very uh, long, sweeping interview with those gentlemen, and I thought it was a very good interview that covered a lot of topics, reinforced a lot of things. We're going to dive into all of it. Um, and so I think the big point is, you know, Brett Yormark mentioned kind of this when he did the conversation. He mentioned that the Big 12 is done expanding. That's kind of the title here. The Big 12 is done expanding. They are at 16 schools, all right? And I think the way Brett framed it was really well. Like, they had three goals when he came in. It's kind of shocking to realize that he has been the Big 12 commissioner for, let's see, 365 days within August 1. Uh, so, yeah, like 15 on, I guess it's August 16th, so 15, 16 on. So, whatever. He has been the commissioner for less than 400 days at this point in time. And the three main objectives they had were the TV deal, Oklahoma and Texas, and expansion. And he checked all of those things off the list and did it in relatively short order, right? He mentioned to this interview that in October, which was when we had the reporting, and it was October, November, the Big 12 had the TV deal done in principle, verbally agreed to uh, with ESPN and Fox. He then mentioned the next thing on his docket was Oklahoma and Texas, and he wanted to take care of that situation. It sounded like, you know, when it, when it comes to how folks were feeling, all parties involved just wanted that situation to be resolved, right? The current members in the league wanted those schools gone and wanted some money for it. And obviously Oklahoma and Texas had a strong desire to get out of the league and get to the SEC as fast as possible. So the two schools worked and they found a solution that worked. And I remember I was on my way actually out here to move. I was traveling with my father and I did a show with Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC when I was in a Hyatt in Nashville in February. So that's when that got taken care of, February or January. Uh, they got that taken care of. I remember that was when Brett McMurphy was 
you know, there was reporting from ESPN, I believe it said, ah, talks have broken down for right now. And Rick Murphy said, no, they're not done yet. And lo and behold, they talked it out. They got the thing done and they moved on and they were able to get that secured. And when that happened, I had mentioned this, I guess I didn't mention it. The big 12 was knocking out goals that they were setting in that short order. And with that, okay, you know, you're showing that you've got your stuff together. You're able to then apply pressure. And Brett Yormark talked about that pressure. He talked about in this interview how deliberate he was. And he mentioned, hey, a lot of stuff's been done behind closed doors in this business. He said, I, was, I wasn't doing that. I was, I was pretty explicit in the fact that I wanted this conference to be open for business. I wanted this conference to be in four time zones. I wanted this conference, and he mentions multiple times in the interview, 10 states, 90 million people, international expansion, uh, you know, international opportunities, all those things. Like he, he said that was his goal. He put that out there. And he said, look, you know, we were not going behind anybody's back. Now, obviously, I had to do the due diligence where he said, hey, TV networks aren't really, you know, uh, pulling the strings here. I will say on the Big 12's front, you know, if you're talking about like what TV networks, if you were to believe TV networks were not pulling the strings or which conference they'd be pulling the strings the least in, I think you would say the the uh, the Big 12 probably is the one the most, right? Because the the Big 12 is kind of the one-stop shop for anything that you need. Like you can fill any time slot. You can get competitive games. We've talked about this a whole lot and I'll kind of circle back to this. Um, so it makes sense. Like, you know, I don't think like Fox, we've heard about them with the big 10. It sounded like Fox was like, yo, Oregon and Washington are at a bargain. Go get them, uh, please. And thank you. Because it sounded like some big 10 presidents were not all the way on board with adding those schools the way they did. And they still went and did it anyway because television companies wanted that. And so, uh, you know, Brett Yormark, it makes it sound, you know, it sounds like, hey, look, like their board had to make a decision on this uh, together. And, you know, they wanted the four corner schools. That's what he called the dream scenario. And he got that. And I think that's the thing about this. Like he made no bones about it. That was the dream scenario. He also mentioned too, that the dream scenario, uh, you know, like it doesn't, it didn't include UConn and Gonzaga. And he mentioned about how that worked, you know, with UConn and Gonzaga and how, Hey, like we had conversations, but as soon as we got our four corner schools, we were, we were basically good to go. That is what we wanted. We wanted to add those schools we had. And, and, uh, with that, you know, adding those four schools, put yourself at 16, you feel really good about that. And now it's kind of on those brands to perform well. And all this stuff is kind of linked and related um, to the television side of things. And I think that was where, you know, it's like the, the big headline out of this, guys, is the Big 12 is done with the expansion, at least for right now. I did a video yesterday saying, hey, if the ACC came apart, which I don't think it will at this moment in time, if the ACC came apart, which schools would fit in the Big 12? And we can have a conversation about which ones fit, which ones don't fit, would this actually happen, all of those things. Uh, and I think there's some decent fits there, but like, as for right now, it is not happening. And because of that, you know, I think that, uh, it's kind of a, you know, I do a video about it maybe we revisit it, but it's not something that I think we're going to revisit here anytime soon. The ACC is staying put in their big deficit at the, at the same time. And I think it's different about the big 12 and the SEC is there's no school in the big 12 at this point in time that feels like they are saying, uh, we are really upset about the money gap to the, the big schools. 
And we think that we should be compensated more and we're going to throw a fit and we're, we're going to try to get out of here. There is no school in the Big 12 currently, in my opinion, that is in a position of power enough to be saying something like that. There is no uh, Ohio State. There are mostly Florida State's kind of the one here. There is no FSU, Clemson, or Miami. There is no school that really can be too upset about the situation at hand right now. Uh, and I know you could say the Pac-12 schools that are joining might not be happy about it, but monetarily, like it's the best that a lot of these schools could do. And so I, I think that on that front, like you don't have these schools that are kind of malcontents, obviously as a positive for the league. And mentioning that along those lines, once again, the big headline is the Big 12 being done with expansion. But I, to me, the big takeaway was Brett Yormark was playing the TV game. When he came in, he talked about the, the first thing that he did was get Endeavor involved in some evaluation. I thought this was really interesting. He says, hey, when Endeavor came in, uh, or was it whenever came when he came in, he said even before that, he had talked with Mark Shapiro over at Endeavor and said, if I get this job, we are hiring you all. Because what he said was a lot of the strategy and a lot of kind of the uh, infrastructure that you need, the Big 12 would need, was not there. They did not have uh, enough of like the strategic planning elements that you would need to make the choices, to make the right decisions, to put your conference in the right kind of spot. Brett Yormark felt like they, they were lacking those elements off the top, really. And so I think it was pretty, you know, it's obviously by design they went out and got Endeavor. It's another kind of big business connection. And, you know, it kind of fit in with a lot of Brett, what Brett was saying. This was like, this was all about value proposition for him. Well, you know, what the Big 12 could be in terms of a value. And they needed to spend some money, it sounds like, to make some money. I'm not sure whose pocket's coming out of, but they, they felt like they needed to spend some money and, and a hire out Endeavor and get them on their side to help them find those strategic avenues. And part of that was a TV evaluation. And so we're circling back to that TV deal that we mentioned kind of off the top here. Uh, he got into some details about it, but really did express like this conference needed stability. This conference needed kind of an answer because it was on shaky legs. And this conference needed visibility. A big part of our conversation surrounding the Pac-12 and their TV deal was a visibility conversation. We talked about, hey, what does the Pac-12 really need at this point? They're coming off this TV deal. They need money, obviously, but the Pac-12 network really did set them back in terms of visibility. So what do they need to do to counteract that? Well, it puts them in a rock and a hard place because it sounds like they're not going to get visibility and they're not going to get the money they want and they were fighting at a deficit. Brett Yormark says, look, we just wanted to get that stability and we wanted to be with TV, you know, a TV network like Fox and ESPN. And he said, he did acknowledge this too, he acknowledged the amount of luck that was involved. This is something I've talked about, guys, but Brett even went out and acknowledged it. See, listen to Josh. Here's some, you know, you know, you kind of know the situation here. But he said outright, our TV deal was kind of the last big one that you saw, right? Out of that, out of that churn that we saw, you know, SEC, uh, you know, Big Ten more recently, and then obviously with the Big 12 getting a new TV deal, the Pac-12 trying to get one but not getting one, Brett mentioned, he goes, hey, if we had waited, uh, the contents of this interview I'm doing with you all right now might be a lot different, right? I might be on a hotter seat and dealing with some more difficult issues 
uh, you know, than, than uh, being praised. And so I think obviously it's safe to say like they made the right call with that. Is the Big 12 getting, you know, maybe what they were worth at the time? Like they've gotten more money? Maybe, sure. But I don't think they were in a position to squeeze and I don't think they should have. And I think Brett had to do a little bit of repairing of the relationship with ESPN uh, and ESPN and Fox. And I think ESPN especially, uh, just ESPN mostly, because obviously the Oklahoma and Texas thing, and I don't think Fox was too happy about it. But, you know, Bob Bowlesby kind of called out ESPN and was kind of an open warfare and talked about lawsuits. And Brett had to do some repairing, uh, I think, of that relationship. And I think this helped them do that, kind of get everybody right back on the same place at the same, you know, at the same kind of level, uh, you know, on the, on, you know, with the TV partners and whatnot. And so while there was some rating happening, maybe spurring off of those TV partners, it was important for them, uh, you know, to, to once again, come back and kind of be in the same spot. Now, you know, you know that the TV partners will turn, you know, the uh, drop of a hat, but still like you have a decent working relationship with them right now. And so I, I think that the big 12 is very lucky about when they got the deal. He also, and this does tie into realignment, he mentioned the setup for the next deal. That was a huge part of our talking points when it came to, and I'm not saying ours and as in Brett Yormark telling us what to say, but that's a big point, uh, a big part of the talking points that we've had in the show is that, look, adding the four corner schools does multiple things for you. Maybe you, you could argue like, hey, it's great to have 16 members whatnot, but maybe chief among them is a television competitor out West is gone, right? You like, you are now one of the bigger shows in town. And you know, in terms of coast to coast conferences, like you are one of two leagues that's offering games all across the country at these different times. Uh, the big 10 can do that obviously with Oregon and Washington, USC and UCLA. The big 12 can do that with BYU, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona state. Right. So you can offer these games at all the time slots that you want. They didn't get all the way coast to coast, but I actually don't think it's like too, too big of a miss for them at this point. And I talked about, Hey, how hard it is to get, get all the way out to the West coast. You know, the, the schools here aren't making as much money as in the other conferences. So while they're making more money to travel, you know, you can figure out, but you're even seeing the big 10 schools trying to figure out some travel stuff to, to take the burden off USC, UCLA, I'm sure for Oregon and Washington, they'll be trying to figure out some strategies as well for those things. So that's a challenge. But Brett Yormark said, hey, dream scenario, we got what we want. And we were trying to create value. And it was all about setting up the next television deal. So with your, if you're in bed with ESPN and Fox, and you know, we're talking about 2030, you know, you, your schools have to do some work between now and then, right? But I don't think the Big 12 is going to be left out of any kind of playoff. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Obviously, I think especially with them being on ESPN and Fox and the networks driving a whole lot of this, they're still going to be, you know, ac accounted for. Now, look, do, you know, ESPN and Fox, who do they want? Uh, they would like to have, uh, you know, the bigger brands in those big games all the time. But still, it's like the Big 12 doesn't do good ratings and doesn't help them fill out schedules. And so it is a valuable asset, a valuable product to them. And I don't know what the next TV deal looks like. I, I think a lot of folks money wise what the uh, the look of college sports will look like. But I do feel pretty confident in saying that while we might lose some fans in college football, as we should, because the sport has been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, especially as of lately. And I'm not talking about NIL. I'm talking about CFP. I'm talking about, obviously, coach salaries skyrocketing. I'm talking about the way people do feel about NIL. Uh, you know, I don't think that's that's helped, uh, you know, but like I think, honestly, it's a, it's a positive change. 
but um, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, I think uh, you factor that in with the realignment too, and some schools being left behind. There is a feeling that the sport is becoming more professionalized, and so I don't think we know where this is headed and how fast it's heading there. And so I do think that's going to define the next TV deal. So I felt better before, like crushing the Pac-12 was big for them. Um, I think less and less now it's a big deal because, you know, like, well, it's obviously because these schools are going to survive, but like, I'm, I am wondering like the big 12 PAC 12 competition. Is there even a big 12 in, in six years? Like, is there an sec? Is it to be a Fox and an ESPN division? How many teams are in it? Like, I, I think we have these bigger existential questions now that are going to be asked. And the Big 12, I mean, you might say, well, they're going to eventually get left out. No, I mean, at least they survive, though. You have to survive each time. That's the big thing about the Big 12 is they've always managed to survive no matter what has happened. Uh, and I think another, another part of this, too, is the pro rata with ESPN was agreed to. Brett Yormark did acknowledge there's no pro rata with Fox, but he said Fox is obliging them. And there is plenty, you know, there's there's plenty to, to, to happen there with that. And, and that you said that Fox has been pretty supportive. And I think money wise, it's not going to take some Herculean effort for them to make everybody whole. They've got a little bit of that reserve, I believe, making sure that money does go to the member institutions from OU in Texas. But I, I think they're going to be able to basically satisfy everybody, not make any broken promises. I think everything should be the way it is. And so no pro rata with Fox was interesting, but Fox was smart to not agree to it. You know, you don't have to do it. But once again, they're paying a lower percentage of the contract. So I don't think it's going to be some massive gap. If Fox is paying $10 million a year, I bet they probably end up doing around eight or seven and a half, whatever it is. And then the big 12 makes up the rest, uh, you know, with some reserve funds and whatnot or other revenue opportunities, whatever it is, you know, uh, and you know, whether they skew some, some ticket revenues here more towards those schools to make sure they're, they're whole. He mentioned basketball and I'll get to this in a second, but he mentioned basketball, like in the amount of you know ticket revenue they do at uh, what is it now? It's uh, not T-Mobile, T-Mobile Center uh, in in Kansas City because I know or because T-Mobile Arena is Vegas, T-Mobile Center, whatever it is now. Um, he mentions you know that that luck and the TV contract and whatnot. So they're they're kind of all and you know all on the same page on that front. Uh, you know other things too. I want to get to the basket the basketball part of this, but. Uh, on, on one more TV note, the only conference that's on both Fox and ESPN as the street kind of gets wider and whatnot, uh, that is happening. If you are a combat sports fan, particularly a boxing fan, you will find that the best fights get made when promoters can cross the street, right? Certain promoter X might be with top rank, which is on ESPN. One might be on PBC, which is on, I believe show, it was on Fox. Now it's on Showtime. I want to believe, you know, you got matchroom boxing. It's Eddie Hearn and guys like Tyson Fury and, uh, and Anthony Joshua who are over on, um, actually not Tyson Fury, but uh, you know, and guys like Anthony Joshua who are over on DAZN, right? And so it's tough to make those big fights. And we hope that doesn't happen in, in football, but the big 12 being a conference that services both those companies. And I think will continue to service more than one company because they offer such a, a diverse product in different places uh, across the board, across time zones. And so I think the fact that they do have ESPN and Fox is good because, you know, people are familiar with those channels and they know that those things, uh, you know, can be seen. And I mentioned the Endeavor part too, but like the business acumen and whatnot of Brett Yormark, and I want to mention the basketball part of this now, too. All right. I'll talk about him personally kind of as we wrap up. But the basketball side of this, he does believe basketball is undervalued, right? He does not believe that like basketball. So he says basketball is 25% of you know the revenue and whatnot at this point. 
And he goes, basketball should not be 25 cents on the dollar. We shouldn't be tossing that in to make the full dollar. Uh, basketball should be more of that. It should be worth more of, the, you know, especially Big 12 basketball. And talked about adding Arizona and talked about Houston and talked about Gonzaga and talked about Kansas and Bayo and all these places. And like I mentioned, you know, like this basketball product's really good. And he said, basketball is growing. And he talked about the basketball experiences they have. He also did mention too funny, uh, Andrew Marshan asked him about where the media was sitting at the Big 12 championship game. And um, I thought it was funny because, you know, they were put so far up top that, you know, he did seem like, hey, we'll, we'll change a little bit of that because we sold some premium seating. And I know, you know there's some talk about how much, how much money did it actually make them. But like you blocked it out. Like you actually, you don't make money on the media. So if you do block that seating out and like you're able to make some money off of that, like it is a net positive for the league. So hopefully they find a better spot for the media because the media are in charge of telling the story and, and shifting the narrative. But hopefully they do that. Th that being said, basketball is something to him. You know, was, I don't know if we separate this down the line or not. I think it's something to watch. Now, the TV networks kind of feel like they've got these schools by the, by the balls in some way, uh, for lack of a better term. They've got them kind of in a vice grip, but I still feel like that Big 12 basketball is valuable enough to maybe be sold as its own package. Maybe it's not, but the idea is there. And so I think the schools are interested in this. I really do think the schools are interested in this. Your K and and look, maybe you uh maybe you guarantee a base on that. And maybe there is some kind of revenue sharing on that side where it's is skewed to the more successful teams. You know, everybody's still getting that base what they would have been making before, but maybe is that there is a bit of a higher reward for the schools that do produce more. Maybe there's a way that they cut up the NCAA shares in the future, those tournament shares they get if they go to 96 teams, right? Uh, I think there is some, some I think they're going to tr try to find different ways, uh, you know, to, to monetize that. But I think that his investment in basketball is not a wrong one. Uh, college football does drive the bus. It will continue to. But I don't think he's wrong about basketball because this conference, in, you know, he goes, you could argue it's the best conference in the league, guys. There's no arguing, especially when you add Arizona, especially now with Houston coming in. This is the best basketball conference. And Texas is a great, great program. Oklahoma, more of a middle-tier program. But you're losing a strong program, and you're losing a middle-tier program. But you are at least replacing it with two hammers. I mean, Houston is an absolute hammer. Arizona has become more of a hammer under Tommy Lloyd. They were actually pretty good before, but they're, they're amazing now. Um, and so you're adding those two great schools, those great institutions, the basketball part. And he did mention, too, basketball is a bit easier to take international. Right. So they wanted to go play a game in Spain. If they want to go, you know, and basketball is huge in Spain, you know, they'll play a game in Barcelona, uh, in London, in France, you know, in Paris, you know, any of these places, uh, you know, Mexico, obviously, they're going to Houston and, and Kansas for that one, too. Like he's got some ideas about what basketball can be because it is more of an international sport. Big 12 basketball is a better chance of making it internationally than Big 12 football because number one, it's not the biggest brands, and also two football, like NFL does okay over there, but. College football, and I've, I've talked with some guys over in Britain, you know, who do college ball podcasts and stuff, and it's cool to see that. But, like, it's just not – college football is not the sport, you know, there that the NFL is and, and not the sport that basketball is. So I think basketball has got that chance if there's any part of it to resonate. Finally, to mention Brett Yormark, like the person, and just kind of like, the, you know, this is a guy that uh, his wife, you know, owned a – I'm not sure if he still does, but owned and operated a restaurant in Manhattan, Kansas – not Kansas, uh, New York, excuse me. Uh, you know, he is a business guy through and through, you know, worked at Rock Nation, sold tickets for the Nets. Uh, this is a guy that saw a middle America, you know, a conference based in middle America, saw this as an opportunity. The Big 12 board 
made the right decision, it appears, in hiring Brett Yormark. You know, at least for the survival they did. It looks like it's going to thrive as well, too. Whatever thriving really does mean to you. Um, but a guy who said stuff like, look, I talked to George Klyavkov, and my gain is your loss. I'm sorry. But he talked about when he sold tickets, and he's mentioned this before, but when he uh, when he was presidents and the presidents, the CEOs, whatever, and the NBA would meet, like they would all meet and have conversations about what's good for the future of the game, sure. But when they returned to their silos, they were still competing for uh, free agents and obviously for people's eyeballs and, you know, to, uh, to make the best team and all those kinds of things. And so he's right about that. Like, and, and I think this entire realignment thing has evidenced that, that, that idea of the competitiveness, like you have to find whatever edge you can and you have to understand, but also at the same time too, like you need to be honest. Those are the two big qualities I think he's had is that he understood what this was in a very short period of time. Like we had a very good comprehensive understanding what, of what the big 12 was, particularly in a business sense what the big 12 represents to college sports in a business sense to the TV networks is what he recognized number one. Right. And trying to find a way to build more revenues is kind of what he's up to now, but also too, you look at what happened with the PAC 12, like they've had a failure of leadership for a long time. And he does also credit Bob Bowlesby too, with being like, all right, you know, you, you threw the gut punch, but I have to get these new schools. And he did that. And that was huge for him. But Brett's had to come in and add some more infrastructure, even outsourcing some of the decision-making infrastructure, and you know, thinking about how to run this thing more like a business was super important for this league. It's one of the most important things in the history of the league is, I think, the, the, the turn towards business. We even had the announcement today about Nelly going to be singing. Look, like I, I love Nelly because he's actually, a, he's, you know, I'm not from Missouri, but I went to school there. St. Louis guy. It's a, it's a big name to have. Performing at halftime of, your, uh, of your, your championship game, right? I mean, nobody else has that. All, all everybody else has our footballs being tossed into uh, the Dr. Pepper vets, which we all love, but like that's not good enough entertainment. And the Big 12, once again, has been one of the best championship games. It is in a big venue like Jerry's World. And also, too, you know, it's going to have a, a big act in the middle. So it's going to feel like more an event. That's important. Their events feel like big events. 16 schools. I think the next topic we have to talk about now is Brett Yormark's decision making on divisions and whether they go in that direction because. Uh, I think it's a big topic I want to hit on is should the big 12 break itself up now into divisions, but that's a conversation he's going to have to make. And do you make a uh, division, you know, is part of TV involved in that? Is it all geography? You know, do you, are you splitting up draws and want to make sure you're getting the right matchups? He's going to have to make that decision, but you know, he mentioned leveraging so much and that's what this conference continues to have to do. They have to find ways to leverage influence. Now, a lot of that's going to become, it's going to come down to performance on the field and on the court, two big places that where the money is made, right? These big 12 schools have to continue to perform. They're going to need somebody else to make a TCU run. They're going to need Utah to come into the league and hopefully Kyle Whittingham stay around and then be good and then maybe break through in a big game against a school like a Penn State. They didn't last year. Obviously, Cam Rising gets hurt, but they need a breakthrough against an Ohio State. TCU had a breakthrough last year, but you know, you're never going to be considered with those two school, uh, those two conferences, SEC and Big 12 or Big 10, rather. You're never going to be considered alongside them, but you got to be able to be, you know, the third conference and Look, that's a that's a big talking point. Like, are they the third best conference? That's defined on the field, right? That that's that's going to be defined on the field. But in terms of what's happening behind the scenes, and not even behind the scenes anymore, 
this guy is pulling all the right moves. These guys are pulling all the right levers. And also, too, the one thing that stood out to me, and I, I don't, I don't want to undersell this. I know it's the end of the show. The one thing that stood out to me from Brett Yormark is that college sports is a lot of narrative, right? Narrative building is always very important, whether it's a Heisman campaign that started by a school and they send out, you know, whether it be a bobblehead or a T-shirt or whatever to media members, usually not T-shirts, but bobbleheads, promotional materials, things like that, right? Uh, you know, the conference narrative, the Big 12 was pushing that, hey, uh, these schools are, are maybe hot for the Big 12, right? Arizona, Utah, Colorado, uh, Arizona State, I've all had conversations with the Big 12, like they kept putting stuff out. The narrative is really important in this sport. And he even talked about like narrative creation around this league, a fun competitive league that stretches across 10 states. That's in 90 million people, you know, uh, 90 million people's homes that can play games at any time, day or night. That's got the best basketball in the country. That's got teams that aren't, you know, the top brands, but the most competitive fun brands and brands that you do know and some upstart brands as well. That's what this is. That is the narrative building. I think that's the one thing Brett Yormark kind of fit in with really well. I think that's actually maybe the most college part of the, of his takeover is been his understanding of narrative because how much of this sport, college football and college basketball is narrative, right? We we build these things up. You know, Johnny Manziel is a legend because of the narrative. Tim Tebow, the narrative that we build up. You know, these coaches get paid because a lot of narrative stuff as well, right? I mean, uh, you know, these guys cash out millions of dollars because certain the way certain things go, right? Mel Tucker, good example of this. You know, oh my goodness, what you know, he built this thing so fast, and you know, he's shown what he can do at one year in Michigan State. Like, where are they now? And we didn't really take a lot of time to think and consider about, hey, how do you build it? Is it recreatable? You know, how often can you do it? You know, and, and Michigan State's st stuck with a massive contract right now in a school that's uh, a team really. It doesn't look that, like it's going to be that good this year. And so you think about like of how much the individual stuff is narrative building, how much the conference realignment stuff is narrative building for the Big 12. And obviously it, it ultimately came down to dollars and cents. But the conversations around Brett Yormark every single step of the way after he set goals and achieved those goals and recognized those goals fully here is that this guy knows exactly what he's doing. He surrounded himself with people that know what he's doing. And the Big 12 board knew what they were doing when they hired him. And so I think the thought process right now around the Big 12 is – People want the Big 12 in the room. They want Brett Yormark in the room because the brands have some value, not the highest value, but the guy making choices right now, mm, you probably want him to help make decisions on the future of college football. You know why? Because he's making his, he mentions this a lot, the word constituents. He's making his constituents some serious cash and he can make other conferences serious cash too if he is allowed to be involved in some of the decision-making. Now, once again, you hope he looks out for the Big 12 and you hope he remains in the Big 12 Conference as commissioner. But this is a guy that's gotten the league more respect because he's setting up goals, getting folks inside and outside to help participate in the achievement of those goals, and he's appeasing his constituents, and he is building something. I mean, quite literally building a conference. He is, you know, Bob Bowles been the way out of added four. Brett Yormark got the four plus the remaining eight a TV deal and then added four more by putting the pressure on because of the way he did it. He did say some luck was involved, but they needed stability at the time. And he understands that especially TV, it's an unstable business. And so he kind of nailed that. Make sure you all check out that interview too. John Oran and Andrew Marshan did an excellent job with Brett Yormark. So go check out that interview. 
wherever y'all get your podcasts as well. And there's video too. All right, folks, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore on the X. Please, please, please subscribe to the channel. Also leave your questions as well. Mailbag episode coming up on Friday per the huge. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time.